Hello, welcome to the Cooperland podcast. I am your host, Cooperland. What's good, everybody? <laughs> uh, no, but how you guys doing? Uh, make sure to follow Four Point Underscore Net on Twitter and Insta. Going to be trying a few things different this episode, so let me know what you think about that. And I'm just going to get straight into it today. I'm going to be talking about just sports on this one because I was thinking about talking about music at the end, but in the past couple of weeks, it's actually been a lot of music that's came out that I've liked. And so I decided this one's going to be broken down into two parts. Part two should be out sometime in the middle of the week, but part one is going to be coming out right now as you hear this. <laughs> um that was me scratching my beard right in front of the mic because I am a pro at this. <laughs> so, yeah, music talk's going to be in the next one. That should be sometime in the middle of the week. But for now, let's get into some sports talk. First, shout out to Moreno tonight, being the first Mexican um, UFC champ ever. So that's an amazing accomplishment. He had a very emotional reaction, and uh, it was very cool to watch. So shout out to him. Shout out to the Clippers for getting their shit done tonight like they should do. Okay, they should beat this Jazz team with Kawhi and Paul George, you know. I think that the Jazz are still going to win. But Kawhi and Paul George are more than capable stars and should be able to take care of this Jazz team. Shout out also to the homies because right now, you know, is a just an interesting time in my life, I feel like, and everyone is supportive and everything, and I love that. Same with my family, and I love them too. So, yeah, I wanted to get that out of the way before I get into the topics of the day. And first, I'm going to start off with Logan Paul fight with Floyd Mayweather. Thank God I didn't pay for that because, as Floyd said, when it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best at it. <laughs> um, I thought that was such a silly remark, but like it's something that only Floyd could say, and you wouldn't even get mad because you're just like, oh yeah, that's Floyd. That's just what he does. <laughs> so I just I want to talk about winners and losers from the fight. First winner I have is Jesus and Marrow. And shout out to the Bodega Boys because anytime they are doing something or on a big platform. I just get really excited for them. And for them to be commentating this fight was a big deal. I thought they were pretty funny tonight too. Uh, clearly wanted Logan Paul to lose, like a lot of us did, to be honest. So I don't really blame them for that. Uh, just funny that you think commentators, you know, they're supposed to be unbiased and all that, but they totally weren't at all. They, they were clear that they didn't want that man to win. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I love their show and podcast, so I get hype when they get bigger exposure and they keep growing. The Bodega Hive keeps growing, as they say. So they were definitely a big winner tonight, I thought. I thought also a big winner was Logan Paul. I mean, while he didn't win the fight, the fact that he was still up to me at the end of the fight means he won. And I know that Floyd is not some crazy knockout artist, but – I still thought against, you know, he's the best boxer of all time, arguably. And that against Logan, you know, he was going to knock him out at some point. 
and he never did. And there was a little bit where he seemed to have gotten a few punches on him, and Logan took him to his credit. And I never would have thought that Logan Paul would be at the point where he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. I don't think a few years ago any of us thought Logan Paul would be doing much of anything relevant nowadays. But, I mean, those Paul brothers, they really do know how to generate an audience and get people's attention. And, you know, they kind of getting boxing to be kind of popular again, unfortunately, through the way it is. And that's why I want to talk about the losers too. And and that's the sport of boxing, arguably, because the fact that Paul was able to go eight rounds and, and not get knocked out against Floyd, be it, albeit an uh, exhibition match, it's a sad state of the game potentially that that happened. And now it's all these YouTubers and, and TikTok stars are just able to get into boxing and fight real fighters. And great for them. I, I, I love for them. And I love that it's getting young kids interested. And maybe long term, it may be something that makes boxing popular again because all these kids are seeing their favorite TikTok stars and stuff uh, box. And now they want to do it too. And it helps revive it for the next generation, which I think is the best case scenario. But I think the worst case scenario is all the current boxing fans before all this started now are kind of disgusted. They're, I feel like, right? They're seeing some of these matches where it's like there's actual boxers that fight and train really hard for an opportunity like that. And these TikTok stars and YouTube stars are kind of cutting that line, but yet they're still holding their own. So it's hard to say what the state of boxing is as of right now. Even if this may be great in the long term, I say right now, it's not a good thing, maybe. And you got people like Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson boxing because people just are longing for that day when boxing was one of the main sports you needed to see. And and I think part of it too is, is UFC is way more popular than it used to be back in the day. To the point where I would argue more people pay attention to it in the U.S. right now than boxing. But it doesn't mean that it's still sad to see boxing come to the point where they're relying on these these crazy wild fights in order just to get just to get attention now. Back in the day, you know, I remember and, and maybe this is part of it, too, is, is, you know, they would have these cool matchups back in the day. You have. Pacquiao and Mayweather, I remember, was a huge one. And the thing was, it went to decision, and there were people upset about decisions. And it just leads to a lot of – when I don't know. When a fight ends in decision like that and, and the judges don't score it the way it's expected, I think that's also what's turned people off to boxing. And that's what led to YouTube stars and – TikTok stars having to come into it to help make it popular again. Because without them, it would just be the same fights where people just get frustrated at the judges' score and you watch Sports Center afterwards and Stephen A. Smith is <laughs> outraged even more than po- possible, which I, I don't know how. He's he's takes it up a notch, I feel like, when it's a boxing match, even though I mean, I don't know if Stephen A knows anything about boxing, to be honest. He might. 
but I I don't know. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see where boxing heads from here. I I'm intrigued anyways. Another loser tonight's probably Floyd. Um I mean, not in terms of money, right? He he got a lot of money. But I mean, does this impact his boxing legacy, you know? At least we all know, you know, anyone that's over the age of like say 20 <laughs> knows, hey, Floyd's a legend no matter what. And even if he didn't knock him out here, that doesn't mean shit. But if you're a kid and you heard all this talk about how great Floyd was and then you watch that, what's your impression? Man, this guy's kind of overrated. I mean, some of the punches weren't even that hard. He's not that good. That's that's what a kid would see watching that. I mean, I don't know if it's right, but that's what a kid would see watching that. And so it sucks to see, although what, what did he say this week? Legacy can't feed my family or something like that. And so I guess, you know, if that's if that's the case, then, you, you know, you're doing great, Floyd. But I, I don't know. I feel with my athletes anyways – my athletes, but athletes that I like that a lot of its legacy is, is what they left behind in the ring and on the field. And I don't necessarily think, Oh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan's a billionaire. While that's great and super cool. I think about his playing career first more than I think about even the shoes. I think about his playing career first and I just don't know how much, that money means in terms of sacrificing that legacy with a younger audience. Of course, all of us older people are still going to know that Floyd is a freaking amazing boxer, top five, if not, you know, one of the, the best all time, but it's going to taint his view with the other generation. And, and that's unfortunate. And the last thing I wanted to say about it too, was a uh, shout out to, even though they didn't, this one was on showtime, but shout out to Triller. Because I love that everyone thinks they're money laundering. And maybe they are, right? But I I, I don't know. I, I love memes about it mainly where people are like, yo, where the fuck they getting this money from? Because <laughs> I don't know who's watching some of this. I mean, they're they are able to get some of these big performers too. What did they have? Uh, Moneybag Yo or Migo? I can't remember who was performing before the most recent one. But – it's it's become an interesting thing boxing and it's it's more accessible now not than it was back in the day when it was like on TV before pay-per-view but the way pay-per-view works now and the way there's all this illegal streaming too i just think it's become a little more accessible and trailer's part of that so i guess i'll call them a winner actually not just weird they're a winner shout out to trailer <laughs> i don't know who, who uses Triller? I don't know anyone. Maybe it's a younger thing and I'm just an old head that doesn't know shit. That's totally possible. But uh, that's all I really got to say about that because I'm, I'm not a huge boxing fan myself. These are just, you know, as a casual observer, my thoughts on it. Obviously, my main sports is NBA and, and also NFL and then baseball. Those are definitely my main sports. But doesn't mean I'm not afraid to talk about just my general impressions of what's going on in some of the other ones. And want to transition into my NFC West offseason recap from here. Starting with the Cardinals because wow, what an offseason. 
they added J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, Malcolm Green, or Malcolm Green, Malcolm Butler. Dyslexia kicking in there. A.J. Green, Matt Prater, Zavin Collins, who looks like a beast, and, and him and Isaiah Simmons are going to be fantastic together. Uh, James Conner to replace uh, Kenyon Drake, who left them in the offseason. Brian Winters to the offensive line. And I think they had an outstanding offseason. They did lose Patrick Peterson, which is sad. And Larry Fitzgerald, they're not sure if he's retiring or not yet. But either way, it seems like it's kind of the end of that era of Cardinals football. I mean, they had a couple of good years with Carson Palmer back in the day. And, and that era's now totally gone. It seems like it's a new era. And with the offseason they had, they should have no reason why they shouldn't win that division to me. So the pressure's on Cliff Kingsbury, right? Because he looked bad at times last year, especially the way they finished the season. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure on him now because the GM went and got the players. These guys are going to ball out. These are guys that we've seen ball out before. So if you can't win with these guys, maybe you might be losing your job after this year. You know, they just have so much talent. And Kyler is such a good quarterback. He is lightning quick. He honestly, I know he's a quarterback, but he reminds me of Darren Sproles just because the height and the way that they run and everything. He really reminds me of Darren Sproles and the way that they're also just, you can get an electrifying play from them at any moment of the game. And it's super fun to watch. I hope it translates to a playoff appearance and maybe a deep playoff run this year because I think that the Cardinals are that good as long as Cliff is the coach that they hired him to be. We'll see about that. But I honestly expect a big season from Arizona, both offensively, defensively, they improved. And Larry still might come back. I, I mean, I heard he's leaning retirement, but who knows how true any of that is. Until I hear it from him, I don't believe it. And if he's back on this team next year too, they, they're going to be a tough team to beat unless Cliff Kingsbury calls bad plays and bad game management once again, which is totally possible. But sometimes, you know, a coach has a rough first year transitioning from college to the pros, and then they figure it out. So I'm going to give him that chance. I hope he does personally because I love this Cardinals roster and I would love to see them used to the full potential if that makes sense. Uh, the Rams, I think that they had a decent offseason. They they just – I think a big problem of theirs is depth, and that's something that they did not address in the offseason. Now, they did address a huge problem, and that was quarterback because Jared Goff was starting to look terrible at certain moments, which is crazy because he's not too far removed from the Super Bowl, and we're going to get to another QB like that in just a second. But not too far removed from a Super Bowl. In that game, in that Super Bowl, he did bad. And I feel like ever since then, he has not been the same guy. Hopefully, a change of scenery helps him out. And same with Matt Stafford. He's been excellent in Detroit, though. And so hopefully, a change of scenery, he's finally going to find some playoff success. I, that's what they're hoping. I think if the Rams stay healthy this year, they could be a tough team to beat as well. But that's a big if. You know, in football, there's so many injuries. I mean, you're slamming into guys running 15 to 20 miles an hour. Of course, you're going to get hurt, right? But 
I'm really excited to see how Matt Stafford does in more of a winning culture and environment. Because I always thought he was a really good QB and people just didn't put him there because he was on the Detroit Lions and they, they're terrible every year. And a lot of that's out of his control, right? So now he's in this position. So it's kind of like when Devin Booker was, they said he was a bad stat or good stats, bad team. People were saying that about Stafford, but now he's going to have a chance to prove himself. And I'm really excited for that. They also added to Sean Jackson. So he should hopefully be a nice deep threat with him, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. That's a nice little wide receiver core right there. They also did lose a few people. They lost Malcolm Brown, uh, John Johnson, Troy Will, Gerald Everett. And those are going to be some key losses. But I think that at the end of the day, Stafford is is a lot better QB than Jared Goff. And I think we're about to see that this year. I, I, I'm not doing predictions yet. I'm going to do that once I finish all the recaps. But I do think that it's going to be a really good year for the Rams. Next is the 49ers. They are kind of doing a, a rebuild again, which is crazy because like two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and almost won that game. And now they're starting over. Garoppolo just keeps getting hurt. And I think they're he's going to start the year as a starter. I'm almost certain of it. But they're going to transition to Trey Lance pretty soon. And he looks like he could be a good QB. Of course, I, I thought Justin Fields was going to go to them. Kind of shocked he slid as far as he did in the draft. But that must mean they really like Trey Lance and that Trey Lance is that guy. So I'm excited to see how he performs if he plays at all this year. You know, they may just put him behind Garoppolo for first year like they did Alex Smith and Mahomes in Kansas City and then transition to him. So we'll see how that works out. I expect him to get in there a little bit earlier, not because uh, he'll be ready necessarily, but I think that the 49ers are going to be the worst team in this division this year. They lost Solomon Thomas. And Tevin Coleman, who Tevin Coleman's a pretty good running back. I know Matt. Um, oh man, Brad, Matt Breida is is the guy now. There kind of, but I, I think that Tevin Coleman was a nice running back for them. And and Solomon Thomas is taking away a piece from that defensive line. We'll see how they do this year. They could totally prove me wrong, and I wouldn't be shocked because, like I said, they're only a couple years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. But a lot of these teams in the NFC West got better. So they didn't necessarily get better. I, best case, they stayed the same. I think they might have gotten a little worse. We'll see, man. I, Alex Mack might be a good addition to the O-line. Maybe that will help Garoppolo some with staying healthy, and they could make a run. But overall, I'm not too excited for 49ers this year. I think that Kyle Shanahan is not going to be on the hot seat this year at any point, but next season he might be on that hot seat, which as crazy as it is to think because this team was not that far removed from the Super Bowl. And this happened with the 49ers already, right, with Harbaugh and them. And their whole team kind of fell apart when they were that close to the Super Bowl. I just hope it doesn't happen again because 49ers fans don't need to see that twice in a decade. (laughs) 
that would be really unfortunate. But sometimes that's how it works out, man. Sometimes that's just how it works out. Finally, I want to talk about the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, you know, there's big controversy with him this offseason. Did he demand a trade? Did he not? He said he didn't. I tend to believe him. He doesn't seem like a guy that would lie. I mean, I could be totally wrong. And maybe that's why he sets up his image because he's that much of a psychopath. But I don't think that's the case. <laughs> um, I think he's an honest guy. And I think he's telling the truth. I don't think he requested a trade. I think he might have just been frustrated with the roster that they have. But I don't think it necessarily means he requested a trade. And they didn't do too much to help him this offseason. They did add Gabe Jackson to the O-line, which should be a big addition. But other than that, they let a lot of depth go. You know, Philip Dorsett and David Moore at receiver. Carlos Hyde at running back. Jacob Hollister at tight end. And then on the defensive side at corner, you got Quinn Dunbar and Shaquille Griffin that are no longer going to be there. And they could totally be fine and overcome that. I just and, – and Russell Wilson's so good that he's going to put the team on his back anyways, and they're going to win a decent amount of games. But I don't see – them if they do make the playoffs going that far they're a first round exit and they might even miss the playoffs this year and that's when the russell wilson trades talks might really start to go ham i'm i'm interested to watch the 40 uh the seahawks this year though i always like watching them they i feel like they play a lot of close games as of the past few years and it's fun watching russell wilson in the fourth quarter pull it out and just throwing deep bombs to Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It's it's always a blast, and having seen him run around the field and all that. So I'm excited to watch them this year. I think they're going to be a fun team. Definitely not my Super Bowl pick by any means, though. <laughs> um, and that was my NFC West preview. I know I got through that one pretty fast, but I wanted to get this one short since it's going to be a two-part podcast. And my last topic of the video is going to be baseball. I just wanted to talk about how cool of an opportunity is right now for baseball to grow because right now the amount of under 25 stars that we have is incredible. You got Tatis, you got Vlad Guerrero Jr., you got Juan Soto, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, you got Bo Bichetti. I mean, you could go on and on. There's so many young guys right now that – look like they're going to be the stars for years to come for their team. And this is the MLB's opportunity they've been waiting for, right? We've been wondering, hey, what's baseball going to do to make itself more popular? And they answered us with, oh, let's put a runner on second base to start extra innings, which is a terrible decision. But maybe it won't even matter because with these guys coming in, there's a real chance to establish these stars with a whole generation of fans right now, young fans. And I know for me, I'm I'm not even that young, but the idea of Tatis being a Padre for life is it it, it makes me so happy because as a Padre fan, we've always seen a lot of these guys come and go. We even let go of Hoffman late in his career, you know. Adrian Gonzalez was another guy where he was doing really well, and then and then he got traded to the Red Sox. But Tatis is here to stay, and he looks like he could be our Derek Jeter, our, our Hall of Fame, full career as a Padre type of guy. 
he has that potential. And especially our team, we have a lot of potential this year too, but away from that for now. I think that it's cool that he signed a long-term contract to stay in one place because I'm looking at a sport like basketball where you see a lot of guys moving around. And in baseball, these guys will sign these long contracts and stay with one team for a while for the stars. And I really love to see that. It's not often a star gets traded unless you're the Red Sox and you're dumb and you trade Mookie Betts. But not often does a real star get traded unless their team sucks and has no hope. So it's really interesting too because in the uh, the NBA right now, we're kind of seeing a similar thing where it's all these young guys left in the playoffs, right? Other than Brooklyn and the Clippers. It's all these young guys left in the playoffs that are kind of starting to make a name for themselves. and it's an opportunity to market to the next generation in both sports to see, Hey, who is going to take over as those next guys. And it's going to be fun to watch unfold. And you just want to make sure the fans are there for it. It's now that we're opening up again with, with sports and less restrictions, it's going to be a lot easier for fans to make that connection now because they're going back to these games and they haven't been in a couple years or a year and a half or whatever. So they're just really amped to see these guys play, let alone see them win and all that. I think that we're going to see, just like how I think there's going to be a a bunch of great music that comes out of this quarantine period and in this next few years, I think you're going to see a lot of great sporting events in these next few years. A lot of ones that we'll remember as classics. And I'm super excited for all of it. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to go to a Padres game soon. Hopefully sometime by the end of summer. And uh, I guess that's really it for part one. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I guess I could talk a little bit of basketball. But uh, I wanted to save it for just a recap of the rounds and preview of the next rounds. which. I would probably do, and not the music episode part two, but in the following one that comes after that. But for now, uh, yeah, that's really all I wanted to talk about sports-wise. And part two, like I said, should be coming out later this week. Mainly hip-hop is the music I'm going to be talking about, all sorts of different types of hip-hop. I'm really amped for that because music is my other passion, I would say. And it's something I really love to talk about as well. And it's something that I think will interest you guys more necessarily, not more necessarily than the sports talk, but it, it just for people that aren't interested in sports, it's something that they can listen to and they don't got to listen to all the sports talk. They can just go straight to the music one and just check that out. And you don't have to listen to the sports one if you're not into sports and you don't have to listen to the music one, if you're not into music, maybe how I do things in the future, we'll see. Like I said, I'm just testing a few things out and that's what all these early episodes are going to be for really is just testing out formats, seeing what I like, seeing what sticks, what doesn't, and just making the best product possible at the end of the day. So that's going to be it for part one. And I will catch you guys in the middle of the week for part two. Make sure to follow four pointer underscore sports, Twitter, and Insta. And I will catch you guys later. Sayonara. Woohoo.